Hey guys, it's Kat and it's time for yet another episode of True Tea. I want to thank everybody for tuning in for another episode of True Tea. I really do appreciate those of you guys who have been listening to the podcast and also those of you guys who came over here from my YouTube channel. You guys are awesome. You guys keep me inspired and ready to create content. So thank you so much for your kind words, your support, and for participating in our call-in show that we have every other week. We host our call-in show based on the podcast every other week on Mondays at noon Pacific Standard Time. And I love the fact that I've been able to have so many people call in and give their thoughts recently, and it's been truly transformative. So I'm excited to have this conversation because this is definitely a conversation um, that I'm really looking forward to the call-in show over. So as per usual, I would go to your kitchen and grab yourself something to drink because we're about to have a messy-ass conversation like most of these conversations. I'm actually drinking some Pedialyte. Because I I don't drink water. I should drink more water, but I don't. (laughs) Um, And I've been feeling dehydrated with the weather. And so I've just, you know, been drinking Pedialyte. So I'm going to take a sip of this and then get right into the conversation. This is the strawberry lemonade flavor in it. Kind of tastes like strawberry lemonade. (laughs) All right. So... (laughs) I have a very strong opinion about this particular topic, and it's one that I will be honest and say I probably will not budge from, but I am open to hearing other people's perspective, so I am looking forward to the call-in show. We are going to be talking in this video about whether or not it's transphobic to romantically or sexually reject a trans person. Now, I want to start this conversation out by saying that this is a really interesting one for me because um, I would, if I'm being completely honest, um, you know, you guys know I've been a blogger for over a decade. I have a a handful of trans friends that I've known virtually, um, you know, for quite some time. And, you know, just the people that I know personally are not people who would make the argument that you know, we're going to be responding to most trans folks that I'm aware of are quite aware of the fact that they are what I've said in the past and acquired taste. Um, most of the trans people I know, especially those who have been living in their truth for a while, um, understand that when you're transgender, you're different. And while we may transition and many of us, like myself, like to assimilate into a very binary gender, that our difference means that our romantic relationships, our sexual relationships are going to be complex. And so I don't hear very frequently um, from the trans people in my life that rejecting a transgender person is transphobic. However, we do commonly see this argument on Twitter, (laughs) on various other websites. Um, People have often accused me of feeling the opposite way, um, you know, about this. Um, I know that there are some people who make this argument. (laughs) I know for a fact that there are people who do indeed make this argument. Um, But in my personal view, and I could be wrong about this, those people are a minority. But nevertheless, because there are people that 
believe in this. I wanted to kind of have a conversation with you guys about this. This is also running parallel to the conversations I'm currently having on my YouTube channel. I recently did some reaction videos to Ariel Scarcella, who is a lesbian woman who um, has very openly over the past five or so years voiced that she has no romantic or sexual interest in a transgender um, woman. And I guess this is a really good place to start because while I don't personally think that rejecting a trans person is transphobic, I would say that there is quite a bit of transphobia expressed (laughs) by people who make it almost their job to broadcast that transgender people are unattractive to them. Now, I'll just speak specifically about Ariel Scarcella since I've been talking about her um, this week on my channel. Um, I don't think Ariel Scarcella as an individual is um, transphobic for not wanting to sleep with transgender women. I think that that's her right. I think that she has the right to have that boundary. And one of the big reasons why I don't love the way this conversation often goes is because quite frequently people who have the conversation clearly only want one outcome. They want an outcome that concludes with a trans person being included in somebody's romantic or sexual interests. For me personally, understanding that I can get where some people get the impression that they're being pressured into sleeping with trans women, even if that's not really what's happening, right? Um, But (laughs) when it comes to Ariel Scarcella um, creating the content that she creates, um, which I feel like just going through her page, it's like every every other week she's talking about how she doesn't want to have sex with a trans person. What it effectively does is... Um, welcomes an audience to participate in what I would see as the um, debasement of trans women, right? It, it, it really does tend to lean heavily into a lot of the stereotypes projected onto transgender people. Like a lot of groups of LGBTQIA plus folks, trans folks have a long history of being seen as predatory, inherently so. And Ariel does a lot of work on her channel to um, broadcast images of trans people that she sees as scary. And almost always these images are of transgender people who have not fully assimilated into a binary vision of gender. Um, I did a video about autogonophilia, for example, um, where I'm responding to um, her video about it. And the picture that she uses a thumbnail of the video is of Jacob Tobias, somebody who identifies as non-binary and to my understanding does not identify as a transgender woman. But Ariel Scarcella created this content that showed a person who is obviously um, not a hyper-feminine person in the way that um, the trans woman in the video that she made was, um, who has a beard, has facial hair, and wears makeup. And this is sort of presented to you to create these narratives of these men who want to, you know, push themselves onto women, men, etc. in a predatory way, um, because, of course, <laughs> I guess that's what people do when they don't fully look like a cis woman, I suppose. And for me, she's entertaining and engaging in what I would very clearly see as transphobic tropes, right? But I have a hard time personally viewing her rejection of transgender people um, in her personal romantic life as a communication that she is um, transphobic. I don't really find the connection. Um, Now, getting into my perspective here, 
Um, the big reason why I don't necessarily get this particular description of um, transphobia is because I've been through a lot of shit with people who wanted to have sex with me, who very much deeply, deeply, deeply entertained transphobic ideology. And I think that a lot of people who have been especially online, um, you know, trying to date and things like that, you know what it's like to be a person who is on one hand seen as completely repulsive and disgusting, and on the other hand seen as um, hyper-desired by those exact people. Unfortunately, I had a lot of sex with people who fucking hated trans people during a time in my life where I didn't have the degree of self-worth that I currently do. And so for me, um, I, I have a really hard time reconciling my experiences with people who wanted to have sex with me who were transphobic with this idea that people who don't want to sleep with trans people um, are not are, are transphobic for not wanting to sleep with them. So I guess we should really talk about um, the main argument people make when we have this conversation. The standard scenario that people give is cis man meets beautiful woman. Beautiful woman reveals that she's transgender. The cis man identifies as heterosexual. And when he says that, he means that he is solely attracted to women. Yet in this situation, he meets somebody who he is undeniably attracted to because they echo the things that he finds attractive in a cis woman. And the fact that he would reject this particular person because they're transgender for a lot of people is the transphobia. Now, that's a scenario that I, I can I, I understand how people lay this out on paper and reach that conclusion. Because at the end of the day, somebody is inherently rejecting a person on the basis of their transness. I kind of understand how people get there. Here's where I get lost though. Um, I hope I don't sound condescending when I say this stuff, but um, I know that a lot of people who make this argument are people who really have not frequently been in situations like that. Um, and I, and I know, I don't, I hope that doesn't sound harsh, but, um, as a trans person who tends to be read as cis, I'm frequently in this exact scenario. I'm quite frequently in the scenario where a cis man who identifies as heterosexual finds me attractive up to the point where they discover that I'm transgender. Now I've had various different feelings about being in that position throughout my life. Um, I do remember when I was younger in my trans life, um, it did really hurt to be rejected. And saying that it was transphobic, frankly, was um, a comforting thing for me to say. I could comfortably argue this person's transphobic and that's their problem, not mine. You know, and so it was convenient for me to make this argument because it made me feel good. It made me feel good to know that it's not that there's something wrong with me, it's that there's something wrong with them. And in so many ways, um, I don't necessarily think that's the wrong view. We'll get to that later. But where I'm standing as a person who actively engages in this stuff is I've been in several relationships with people who did not know that I was transgender at first, who I revealed that I was transgender to, who went on to date me in ways where they were always sort of struggling to fully embrace me. 
where they were having a really, really, really hard time comprehending all of the things about me. Because frankly, most people, most people who are straight, most cis people who are straight, um, have been socialized with cissexism that sees the bodies of cis people as more inherently valid and honestly, frequently valuable than the bodies of trans folks. And for me, um, I look at that type of socialization and I look at that on its own and say that that is transphobic. Sexism is very clearly and obviously transphobic, right? That said, I personally feel like people like what they like. Um, And as a person who has literally been in situations where I've, you know, I've been with the person who was on the fence who really wasn't accepting of my body. I know that being with, and I'll just say it, a man who is straight, who um, has only ever been with cis women um, who have vaginas, obviously. um, I know that that man is not going to be able to, in general, you know, there's exceptions to every rule, um, accept my body, right? He's not going to be able to accept my body. And so when I think of being in a relationship with somebody who rejects me on the basis of my transness and then tries to sort of work through their transphobia by dating me, I think of just how much labor that is. (laughs) I think of just how exhausting that would be. I think of how many better things I would do with my time than sit and hold somebody's hand till they reach the point where they can accept me as a woman. For me, it is an inherently demeaning position to be in and I do not want to be in it. I also know that a lot of times when people have these conversations, they're really not talking explicitly about, um, you know, a trans person trying to convince somebody that they're interested in them. I get that people disconnect these conversations. They say we should objectively have conversations about how we've all been socialized to not see trans bodies as valid. And I think that's a valuable conversation. I do think that that is transphobic. I'm a practical person, though. And I know that the situation where cis people, cis het people are going to commonly discuss this are situations where they are directly in positions where they're interacting with a transgender person who they were once attracted to, but no longer were once they found out that they were trans. So realistically, this conversation often does happen in the context of somebody trying to convince a cis person who usually has no interest in trans people to be interested in a trans person. And I guess that's really where I get lost. I guess that is really where I personally get lost because, again, I think that the conversation about cis sexism and how we've been socialized to sort of see cis bodies as the only valid bodies is an incredibly valid one. I also know that there's no way that most cis people who identify as het or even just, you know, monosexual cis people who only date uh, cis people, I know there's no way for them to hear you're transphobic for not wanting to pursue a trans person without being defensive, right? I know that there's no way to have that conversation with these people without them being defensive. And so that's the natural progression of it. I get why some trans people sit online and have these conversations, but most cis people who are listening to this are literally hearing, if I don't have sex with a trans person, I'm a transphobe. And and personally, 
I have no way of seeing that without reading it as someone trying to put pressure on someone to do something they don't usually do. And for me, that feels like a disrespect of boundaries that kind of reinforces the narrative of the pushy trans person who wants to force themselves on people. It plays very neatly into the hands of people who would like to argue that trans folks are predatory. And that's why I don't personally believe in entertaining the conversation. Now, like I said, Ariel Scarcella, constantly speaking about how unattractive trans people are, for me, in my opinion, is very clearly transphobic. You know, it's very, very clearly transphobic because she's, you know, put it this way. This is where I get stuck on this conversation. We've spoken about this before, but I, I am tragically heterosexual. I am also a very typically feminine person who tends to date men who have a very comfortable relationship with masculinity. The type of masculinity that we all understand um, and have seen um, growing up. Um, you know, I date men who like being men and enjoy being masculine without feeling like they need to compromise themselves, right? Um, that's my personal thing, right? Um, I am not attracted to quite a few people. Um, I don't like men who are feminine, for example. Um, if you're a person who identifies as non-binary, um, the chances are we're not going to necessarily get along because my visions, uh, well, not we're not going to get along sexually or romantically because my visions of my relationship are fairly binary. And I'm going to have those expectations of a partner. And so, and therefore I will not want to be in a relationship with somebody who might resent the expectations I would put on them. Right. Um, this means for me personally that my relationships for the most part are pretty easy. I, I don't have a hard time meeting people who suit what I'm looking for and who, and who I'm attracted to. Um, and I think because of that, it just seems like a, a needlessly arrogant thing to do to sit online and talk about how unattractive other people are. Um, I'm too busy with my partners to feel like the world needs to know who I find attractive. That's just where I personally land on this. Um, and I do think that it, it you know, it, it, it does come off as needlessly hateful when people sit online and talk all day long about who they don't want to fuck. Because frankly, who the fuck cares? <laughs> that's, that's, that's just where I really land on it. Because who the fuck cares? To me, it seems like a super arrogant thing to just, without anybody asking you, sit online and post about who you're not interested in romantically. Now, let's expand this conversation because this is the way this conversation tends to go. I'm also a Black woman. I'm also a person who hasn't been thin since they were a small child. We have these similar conversations about Black women. We have similar conversations about um, plus-size women, right? And my personal perspective on this particular issue does indeed apply to all of the other aspects of this conversation. I don't believe in begging a white man to unpack his biases so that he may be interested in fucking me. I don't believe in, you know, convincing a man that my body is valuable as a person who is not thin. To me, that is a demeaning position to be in. But again, I think my 
perspective on this is very much informed by the fact that I do not have um, <laughs> a, a long history of people rejecting me per se. I mean, this is partially true. Um, I've always had an, an active dating life, but of course I've dealt with rejection. Okay. Um, with that being said, um, I've been in several situations where people have mistreated me while dating me because I am a trans person who is black and not thin. Another, you know, going back to the initial point I was trying to make, a lot of my reason for rejecting this conversation is being with people sexually and even romantically who engaged in this, these isms, um, while also having sex with me. I think every person understands, every minority person understands that someone having sex with you does not mean that they don't hold um, resentment or hatred towards the things that you embody. Hell, sometimes the fact that they fucking hate everything about you makes you irresistible to them, right? Sometimes the fact that they have all of these upsetting feelings around being around you is a thing that excites them. I especially experience this with race. Um, I've been in a lot of situations where people who were raised with racism have romantically pursued me. And in some situations, these people have turned out to be racist. <laughs> um, and in other situations, they've simply mistreated me because they're racist. I can say, especially when it comes to my transness, that I've been mistreated hella by men who mistreat me specifically because I'm trans, who do not respect um, transgender women as in general, and therefore believe that they can treat them in a really shitty way because they're trans. For me, that feels so much more demonstrably and tangibly transphobic than somebody saying no to me because they're just not comfortable with my body. I think that sometimes when we have this conversation, it is misdirected. I don't need for a cis person to fuck me, um, for them to be invested in my liberation as a trans person. And I do think that when you know, like I said, I think that there, there, there's a minority of people who feel this way. But I think that when people do indeed make this argument, you know, they are effectively making that conclusion that the only way that you could prove that you're invested in the liberation of a minority is to be open to them sexually. When it comes to all of these conversations, again, race, gender, all this stuff, I just don't think that that maps. I just don't think that it does. I do believe that there is a lot to be said about, for example, fat phobia that is accepted in our society and how that does mean that in a lot of situations, um, fat folks are mistreated. Um, and maybe part of that extends into romantic relationships. Well, I know part of it does because, hell, every time I talk about, you know, um, my previous experience with um, men who were on the down low, I have fat women who comment and they say that their experience is very similar because they're in situations with men who don't want to share them, who don't want to show them around, right? Um, so I know that there, there are parallels between all of these conversations with socialization and how our society views certain groups of people as lesser than inherently. I'm not going to deny that that nugget of the conversation is important to have, 
but I don't think I need for a white person to fuck me to feel liberated. I don't think that I need a cis person to fuck me to feel liberated. I don't think I need a, a thin person to accept me and fuck me to feel liberated because that's not really what it is. What I think we should be working on and focusing on is not being dehumanized for these qualities that we hold. Now, like I said, in some of these conversations, these things look quite similar. When Ariel Scarcella spends all of her free time talking about how unattractive and predatory trans women are, yeah, for me, that's transphobia. Yeah, because she is spending all of her time entertaining and reinforcing these narratives that do indeed harm trans folks. When you know, men sit online talking about these fat bitches this and these fat bitches that, and they degrade fat women. That is indeed reinforcing fat phobia. Same goes for black fo- folks and white men who sit online and speak about how disgusting black women are. You know, these, these, these things are all real, right? But I don't really make the connection that the only way somebody could be truly invested in your liberation is if you are sexually um, interesting to them. So this is my position. And like I said, I'm unlikely to shift it. (laughs) Um, Mostly just because I I like to think of myself as a very reasonable person. I truly can't think of the tangible benefit to having this conversation in this way. Do I think that there needs to be a widespread conversation about sexism? Yes. Do I think that we should acknowledge transgender people as people who have active dating lives, who exist beyond, you know, these stereotypes or fetishes or these negative sort of narratives projected onto us? Absolutely. But for me, I'm just stuck on the reality of the situation, which is that usually when people discuss their sexuality and their attractions, those things are very, very, very personal. And I personally think that, yes, through exposure, through certain conversations, people who once felt one way can feel a different way. I have met many men who have rejected me as a trans woman who I have kept in contact with and years down the line, they're dating a trans woman. But I think for me, I know that these are large conversations. I think realistically, people tend to shift their perspective with exposure. I know that with the increased visibility of trans people, there are people who once thought they would never be attracted to a trans person who very much are. I have been many people's first experience with a transgender woman in my life. I know that there are people who start out feeling one way and then change their position once they've been exposed, right? Um, But I know that that's a rough conversation that isn't really going to reach its conclusion with accusations, which I think is what is being heard when somebody rejects a trans person and they are called transphobic. So, I'm very curious to know what you guys have to say about this. So I'm looking forward to the call show on Monday. I know that a lot of people disagree with me on this particular topic, um, but I really wanted to dive into this because I know that there are various feelings about it. So I definitely want to hear from people who have once rejected trans people who now date them, trans people about their feelings about this topic in general, people who don't want to be with trans folks and the reasons why. I, I want to hear from everyone because I think it's a, a, a very interesting interesting conversation to be had. So on that note, I will talk to you guys next time. And I want you to always remember and to never forget that you're beautiful and you're loved. Bye.